0: Welcome to another episode of Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. I grouped uh, the topic today just physical aspects in the card design preferences. This is probably a little bit longer than some of the others because I've grouped some different aspects of just the physicality of the card, the the dimensions, the the feel, all all of that. And so, just starting out, when I was a kid, cards were rectangular. Uh, They weren't square, they weren't circular, they weren't octagonal, although there have been all of those things, they weren't round. Uh, they were rectangular, and for the most part, I, my '56 tops was slightly more than two and a half by three and a half. But then, beginning '57, uh, a vast majority of cards are that. Even even triangular cards that have come out that are pennant shaped. I, uh, I'm obviously this is about the ideal card design. I, I just think uh, it's the, the card companies have the right to try interesting other things, but it's just. It's 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 hard to store these things. Anything that's not rectangular and and uh, two and a half by three and a half in particular is is tricky for inner sleeves, for grading, for penny sleeves, for for um, card savers, and and even the boxes that you you put them in. It's it's just tricky. Uh, so. I'm not trying to be a cranky old man, but I, I just, I think the, the vast majority are, and these other things, they're, they, I guess I regard them more as test issues. Uh, box bottoms, uh, the, I think that's cool. I got some on a, on a upper deck uh, hockey OPG box that, uh, upper deck was nice enough to send me, and I just thought, I like this. That's a little bit of a retro feel, but again, when you're doing box bottoms, uh, Companies don't, don't put the cards too close to the corner of the box where they get, where they get, uh, dinged. Um, if you have dotted lines, that can be problematic because you cut exactly on the dotted line or outside the dotted line, uh, but uh, generally, I'm a fan of box bottoms. So I think it's an additional additional add uh, value add for uh, some of the sets where that's appropriate, and especially when you cut out the box bottom panel or individual cards, and you see that um, there's some other distinction in terms of the numbering or lettering or the or the the uh, back color of them. Uh, Stand ups and foldies and other kinds of things that were intended to be used or played with or uh, done something to. And if you did what they intended you to do in playing with it, you just reduce the grading. Uh, the, the the it means all that stuff is is uh, highly condition condition sensitive. The from back in the days of the batter ups in the '30s. that actually, my dad had a couple of those too, uh, and the '64 top stand ups and other kinds of stand ups, and uh, and not the '55 tops double headers because they they were already folded. But anything that is intended to have do something with it's it's um again I think that's that's less than optimal because then you have this this problem as a kid if, if you get it do you, i do i do what they're suggesting i do do i pop out the stand-up and then i'm just uh, so because I've had 64 top stand-ups and certainly batter ups from the 30s that were without the tops uh, uh n- another aspect would be thickness I don't like it when they're too thick or too thin again you've got a problem with uh when the thick ones you've got a problem with the uh penny sleeves and other kinds and even even uh when they get extra thick and i know com c has some kind of a rule of treatment and I don't know what i mean i can't i mean i can see that something is really thick but I don't really know uh at what point the thickness is a problem other than it can't fit in my in my penny sleeve or it has to fit in the you know the fifty six tops kind of slightly bigger one or the thicker one and then on the on the the other side of the thickness on the physical aspect is just the how thin can a card be and still be a card there's magazine cards that are noticeably thinner than than uh, normal uh, cards and there's kind of newsprint cards that were in a newspaper or in a magazine but were intended to be collected and intended to be cut out uh, and that's been uh, around for for decades not not just recently and there are I don't know what to call this category, but they're supials. You know, Pacific did some supials. They were card within a card, card in a pocket. Uh, You know, I guess it was, uh, you know, the the Zenith cards from back in the late 90s had five by sevens, but then you could slice it and pull a a regular size card. I just don't like it when you have to deface a card to get another card. And um, again, the, the, the supials that I had had just had some very... Light creasing, because again, and it's maybe one of the reasons why that hasn't hasn't uh, been continued. Um, but anything that's again, if it's not a cardboard or if you know, there's there's uh, there's cans, there are rubber balls, there's coat caps, there's Seven Eleven cups. Again, the physical aspects of a card, to me, it ought to be a card and not something that's uh, that's uh, that's a weird shape or, or very three-dimensional. Uh, the coating, I'm not a big fan of coating that's like the, if it's a slick coating, you can't get an in-person autograph. It, it, you could wipe it off, you could smear it. Um, so I, I, like a matte finish. Uh, if the gloss is too high, if the UV coating is too, too slick, then, uh, again, it, it looks pretty, but it's, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's not as functional to me. Another thing that's supposed to be functional, but turns out not to be is the, the CD-ROM cards that they had, uh, 20 years ago, I guess, the 20, around 20 years ago. Or metal cards or plastic cards. They all seem to have the same thought that, um, that, uh, that, that'd be an interesting way to do a card. And again, the printing technologies allow for it, but I, I, I guess I'm realizing I'm kind of old school in the sense that I like kind of a matte finish that allows for the natural beauty of the card to come out. Uh, any scratch-offs on the card is, uh, to me, that's a no-no. Certainly when you have uh, QR codes and other kinds of, uh, uh, codes for, for the, to uh, go, go somewhere to find out if you won something, uh, that's better than these rub-offs and scratch-offs. Again, if you do it, then you've just defaced the card, even if you've done it very discreetly and very nicely. Uh, refractors. Uh, the physical aspect of a refractor is a is a, a good thing. I like refractors, but sometimes it's hard to tell. And some of those sets also have this distracting uh, peelable layer on front that on the front of the card, which makes it well. Then you don't know what to do if you weren't a collector. You'd say, "Well, I'm just going to peel that off," but that's not. Uh, it's, it's not uh, thought to be the right thing to do, and then uh, embossing. And I just tell you, try to try to determine if something, if there's an embossed version, like there are, like there were for some of the top's finest cards. Uh, again, a long time ago now, but <laughs> tell me how you're going to determine whether something is bo- embossed when you're looking at a scan or a, or a high res photo. It's just you just you just can't you can't tell, and the embossing is is easy to tell if you're handling the cards. Uh, if, if if that's what you're looking for. And then uh, Lenticular, which was the Rage uh, 20, gosh, no, 30 years ago, I guess, they were Lenticular. It costs, I think it cost more to produce them, and I don't think they were, they apparently weren't worth it. Uh, they weren't considered that much of a premium, and partly I think some of those Lenticular, you know, where you tilt the card and you can see an additional image, it's actually, it seems low-tech now. It Seems low tech now, but uh, to me it's gratuitous when you're when you're linking when the images are not linked. If if you're showing a continuous action, uh, football play or basketball dunk or something, that's better than being in a situation where you're uh, having two or three players and you, depending on how you tilt it, one of them will be shown. And again, try showing a a. Um, a scan or a high-res photo of a lenticular card. It usually comes out uh, that it, you can't can't tell anything of what it is. So that's another uh, little episode here about physical aspects of cards. Again, this, I guess the last point would be that do cards really have to be physical? There are enough things now where there's some uh, you know digital cards, but uh, I think the tangible aspect of, of being able to hold a card in your hand Owning the card, uh, being able to grade it, slab it, and have that uh, physical ownership—I think is uh, is uh, is a positive. I hope we don't ever lose that. Otherwise, it's going to be like uh, you know cryptocurrency. Again, I'd, I'd just rather have a a, a dollar bill than a uh, that I can put in my wallet. Okay, thanks for the sponsors. Uh, again, these are my opinions. That's uh, kind of wrapping up uh, the physical aspects of uh, car design preferences. My own opinions. And I don't, uh, I don't know that uh, I probably do have some opinions that are not agreeable for people that have only collected in this, in this uh, modern last few years where cards are not necessarily breaking those rules, but there's, it's been a new era and a a welcome new era in uh, card collecting and and values that that there's some uh, wonderful cards being produced by uh, all three of the sponsor companies, as well as the other companies that, that do cards. So again, thanks to the sponsors. Uh, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC, Heritage Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Panini, Tops, and Upper Deck. In spite of these episodes looking at card design preferences, I think the card companies do an excellent job, and I think they are far more responsive than they were when I was a kid or when I was a, a younger dealer. The card companies are much more responsible, available, and visible at industry events to hear your feedback. I want to be available for your feedback as well. So leave me an email at drjamesbeckett at gmail.com if you've got a question or a comment or a suggestion for a future episode. But in the meantime, uh, I am enjoying this and we're, we're clicking along here. Uh, piling up the episodes. They are intended to be evergreen and timeless, which means you could listen to them today or next month or next year. If you like some of the episodes, I'm starting to do a few smaller episodes that are more easily uh, shareable. So if you share an episode with a friend uh, that you think is interested in a certain aspect of some of the history or as well as the uh, uh, digging deeper into this industry that we're covering here, Uh, or a particular interview, uh, feel free to do that. So again, thanks. Hope you're enjoying the hobby as much as I am. And I look forward to talking to you again tomorrow.